Welcome to our weekly, we mean weekly, weekly Wednesday night shear. week, Pasha's Akev. Pasha's Akev. This Shabbos is Mirza Hashem Chof Menachem Ov. This past week was too above. So we have a slew of things to discuss, obviously. This year is the Lilinishmas, Bat Sheva, Chana, Shalom Bas, Ravram Shechia. Last week we added also the Schus of the Tinuk. Tinuk ben Rachel, which Baruch, Baruch Hashem has come home this week. In the discuss of all the prayers and all the Torah studying that was done in his honor. May his parents have much nachas from him, long life, health, happiness. From him, from all his siblings. And his grandparents as well. Pasha Akev spoke many times, of course. Akev being the ankle, the heel, and a little bit of a strange name for a Pasha Torah. Akev <coughs> Mitzvahs that people step on, says Rashi. People don't understand, people don't people take for granted. People don't think. Man alive, someone turned the phones off. Okay. Two bob. Misha tells us how you are saving the Israel Kachemish above. There was no Yom Tevim, like Chemishas above, and Yom Kippurim. And the question, of course, immediately arises, why? What could be so special about Tubav? Commonplace answer is, Kayim Asiyarabash, the Musa the Zayah tells us that on Tubav, on the 15th day of the Hebrew month, since the Hebrew month goes according to the lunar calendar, on the 15th day of the Hebrew month, the moon is a full moon. Because it's a full moon, the great kechis, the great strength that's derived from the fact that it's a full moon, makes it a day that is so special of great, of great kedusha, a great holiness. So, of course, the question immediately turns around. Is one fifteenth day of the month. Every month has a fifteenth day. Okay, every month is not the same. Shvat has a yomtiv for the trees, or shun of the trees. Tesvav El, Temchatimimim. But Tesvav Tishne and Tesvav Nissen. Are also Yom and Tevim, are also holidays. 
there's no alternate side. There are holidays. The 15th day of Tishrei, of course, as you know, is Sukkot. And the 15th day of Nisan is the month of the holiday of Pesach. What could possibly rank on Tuba of greater than Vesamachta Bechagecha? A Yontif which it says you need to be happy. You need to rejoice. A Yomtev, like Sukkis, where we take together the Dalit Minim, all four types that there are, representing each type of Jew. A Yomtev of such great magnitude is taking second place to two of. Pesach, the holiday of celebrating the leaving of Egypt. Leaving of Egypt? Leaving of Egypt? The Jews didn't just celebrate a one time deal. Leaving of Egypt? On a constant basis do we leave Egypt. Pesach and Sukkot are not as great. As the holiday of Tubov, Chamisha Asabov, the 15th day of Av. We know after severe light comes great darkness. When a person walks during the day, especially if you walk in a summer day where the sun is glaring and you're not wearing sunglasses and you enter into your house where the lights are not turned on you get blanked out you get you can't see anything your eyes your pupils have been so dilated for the adapting to the sun you can't adjust to the darkness in the house and so is the opposite when a person goes from severe darkness Extreme darkness. I apologize, severe is not the word at all. From extreme darkness to a burst of light, also, they're taken totally by surprise. Also, their eyes have to adjust quickly. And they don't adjust quickly, it takes a while to adjust. So when people go from the very, very dark, when Achman al of Chas there's a blackout, and people are in the dark, and then the lights go back on, there's a tremendous joy, a tremendous simcha. Not so happy as a person who's standing in a light room and you turn the lights off. You don't find any great simcha in that. It's tremendous joy celebrated when one goes from the dark to the light. And so too, Tubav. Tubav follows the darkness of Tishabov. Of the ninth day above, the mourning which the Jewish nation mourns in the severest fashion, and here it's severe, where we mourn the destruction of the two temples. We're not even going to go into it. Forget the mourning. We're now in the joy. We've passed it. We've gone to Tubaav. We've gone through the 15th day above. The great, great Kedusha. The great light of the 15th, the moon, the full moon. The graces and the blessings that we experience. 
Tuba was another monumental moment. In America, there's an expression, you can't wear white after Labor Day. The truth to be told, you shouldn't wear white after Tuba of. After Tuba of, the sun starts to lose its power. Not lose its power per se. The fiery summer burn the edge gets taken off from Tuba of on. It's brought in Halacha. Halacha itself, the Jewish law dictates when they would cut the wood to be used on the altar, for the fire on the altar, they would cut during the summer months. During the summer months, you got dried wood. If a wood is, when wood is moist, it comes with packages. It becomes flashic, actually. It usually gets worms inside it. During the summer, the sun dries the wood sufficiently to be cut for the Beis HaMikdash, for the Mizbeach. However, after Tubav, one can no longer cut the wood. Wood cannot be chopped any longer for the altar. And the people, the families that used to have their rotor to do so, knew that after Tubav was no longer permissible to cut. Because the sun was not strong enough, not drying the wood sufficiently, and therefore there was a possibility of having worms. Hence, the wood was not allowed. Another concept, on Tubov, according to the physical calendar, the hourly calendar of the day, the nights begin to get longer. When nights get longer, days are for working, and nights are for studying Torah. And therefore, now that the nights are longer, the study of Torah is more intense. And this is another great monumental moment that we celebrate on Hamish Asab of on the 15th of Av. This Shabbos, as we said before, is the 20th day of Av. Chof Menachem Av. Chof Menachem Av is a yard site of the Rav HaMakubal, Chosid, Abdevi Yitzchok, the Rebbe, father of our Rebbe. Rebbe Yitzchok was a true Chassid in every sense of the word and a true, true devoted Jew devoted to his studies and devoted to his convictions he did not fall to the pressures of the communist regime that tried to get him to bend and to fold in different ways and different things we discussed in the past on the yard side of Chafav story of the wheat is the one we told very many times in the Matzis. He would not give in to any kind of pressure. 
ultimately, after all the punishment, all the tortures that he was subjected to, he was exiled to Kazakhstan, to a city known as Almata. No comparison, of course, to Yakatrinislav, where he was the Rav, a thriving Jewish community. And in the third, in the world of third world countries, this was a five world country, fifth world. But his wife, Rev. Sinchana, very, very devoted, followed suit and came to meet him out there. Stories involved of his arrest, etc., imprisonment. Here in Almata, they were given some sort of an apartment which we spoke about in Yadalad Kislev Shir. We talked about the wedding of the Rebbe, how they celebrated it in Kazakhstan. The Rebetzin sought to it to secure, to make her own ink and got him feathers so that Ablevik could continue his learning, his studying and his transcribing. And Ablevik consistently wrote he didn't have any paper really to write on, he wrote in the margins of his Zaya which is now known as the Kutlevi, part of the Kutlev Yitzchak, or Tikkunim uh, Alazoya. He was known as a very great mathematician. He was known as a great person by Jews and non-Jews alike. And this made the government plots. And they plotted enough to have him exiled. Years, yes, the year, years have gone by. Here we can start nine o'clock. Today. I forgot to text you. Of the many years gone by, years back, travel, oh, travel to Kazakhstan to Almaty. Have a cup. Kazakhstan was physically impossible. Today, there's not exactly any direct flights on Delta. If they are, they beat you up and throw you off the plane anyway. Um, every airline is that, no? Isn't that the advertisement for every airline? Is it cold? So, people would travel, I believe through Germany was a very popular way to go. They'd go through Frankfurt, and Frankfurt, I think, has a flight directly to Almata. Almata, if you're going to look for it on the map, don't. It's um, due east of Moscow. Approximately six hours flight. Cool. So in those days, people to travel many years ago it was very practically impossible. Today, thank God, there's a lot of traveling going, a lot of people going down that way, and a lot of people have invested there. There's a shtiach there, or tushluch in there, or a shtiach and a mushroom, <laughs> mushroom and a cake. I'm not sure what's out there. <laughs> They fixed up the oil of the Levik. At a time, it was a miracle even that there was a tombstone put there. And the person that put the tombstone came to the rabbi, and the rabbi was very, very, very emotional about it. The rabbi was very attached to his father, as any child. This, speaking of a child to a parent, this Friday, 
Yudtes Menachemov. It marks 14 years of the passing of my mother, Lashon. Over the 14 years, of the year, each year of the yard site, we, on a practical way, practically speaking, in a few short words or sentences, delivered slight eulogies. Not my mother's style. She didn't go for those things. She wasn't into pomp and stance. She took things simple, in simple form. But yet, an American-born girl, her terror and her mitzvahs were not taken simply. She was very stringent. Everything. Always seen with a Tehillim. And it's an interesting, there's a letter from the Rebbe. And so it goes, I'm sorry, from the Rebbe, I think I believe it originates from the Shalah. Maybe, maybe I could look it up. Which says that one of the ways of keeping your children on the straight and narrow is by saying their capital to them every day. You have it somewhere? Mm-hmm. Okay, if you find it, tell me where. Tell me who it was quoted from. I just don't want to misquote it. And the quote is that that keeping it's just the way to keep your children, if you want to keep your children straight, I think it's from the Phoenix Rebbe. Um. Finds it first at night. Okay, something else. No, this is an English letter. Um, Let's go back. Oh, it is here. So it's from the Friedrich Rebbe. Okay, that's right. It's from the Rebbe at least. Friedrich Rebbe said, I heard from Elder Chassidim that in their time there was a custom that each day, every day, each person would say the capital of Tehillim that corresponds to the years of his life. Huh? For example, if a person is 20 years old, they would say capital 21, because they're in the 21st year of their lives. Similarly, they would say also the Tehillim that corresponded to the age of their sons and daughters, saying that this is a schooler, that they should not go off to take part in the bad culture or <laughs> go off the derech. This is an Igres Kedish from the Fidi Gereva, Volume 1, Igres 16. Thank you. How we do the months? So, it's a big thing to say your capital every day and that of your children. And Miat Shemun Yozeicha, to say that of your grandchildren and if you're really Zeicha, of your great grandchildren. And Baruch Hashem, a good part of my day is taken up with Kenai Nahara, Kenai Nahara, Kenyevu, my children, of my children, my grandchildren, etc. Nothing to be proud about. It's a tradition that I learned from my mother, I saw by my mother. And Baruch Hashem, she was graced and blessed. With Kenai Nahara. I don't even know. I can't, I wouldn't start to imagine to count the offspring. But she spent several hours a day 
going through, plowing through the tail. And she worked. And every year of Shabbos, she would see to it that all the children local would get something for Shabbos. She cooked something for everybody. Even the married grandchildren got. Providing, of course, you came to pick it up. There's no delivery service. So the, the benefit of the thing was that people would come to her house on Fridays to pick up their peklach. And it was quite an interesting sight, especially since when her sister passed away, her only sister, her only sibling, her sister's grandchildren would start coming to get as well. And she embraced that. This was her whole life. The children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren. She suffered for 13 years with the illness. And talking once about it, she said that the amount of nachas that she was graced with, that she was blessed with, in the course of those 13 years, she lived and be well, the children, the grandchildren, the great-grandchildren, that were born in those years was worth every ounce of pain that she went through. And I don't think we can measure her pain by the ounces. I probably mentioned it by the, not even pounds, by the kilos, by the tons probably. There's a good God in the world. This is her voice on her lips. And I've said always, every time I speak about my mother, I say the most powerful expression that any human being could possibly use. I only heard that ever from my mother. Was if ever a child, a grandchild, great-grandchild, hurt themselves, was not was ill or something, whatever it might be, she said that she would take it upon herself. She would like to exchange, exchange with the child. Take their suffering upon herself. This is something that's unsurpassed. This is a devotion and dedication that I know of nobody that could... I, could, I personally would say, I can definitely love my children and grandchildren... They're everything in my world. I don't believe I could ever say such a thing, though. God forbid they should ever hurt, get hurt, suffer, be in pain of any kind, or illness of any kind. But I could never, ever express such a... a moving... Suggestion, gesture. This is Pasha, Pasha's Ekev. There's a question in Tanya brought down with Yira, Milsa Zutra Sahi. Is Yira, is fear of God a small thing? We might answer in yes. Compared to Moshe. The Atta Yisrael are now Jews, now my Jewish nation. What does God ask from you? Just to fear Him. Just to fear Him. And Rashi gives us a great encouragement. Rashi, the champion of the Mechamish, the Mikra comes along. And he has a great word of encouragement. He says, Hakel b'day shamayim, everything you can get from heaven, every mitzvah, every, every, every inspiration you can get from heaven, chutz, shamayim, except for fear of God. This is something that you need to develop on your own. One of the exchanges of the letters in the alphabet, 
is an exchange called Atbash. Atbash means that you change for the Aleph, the, the Tuf, and you change, no, there's two papers, and you change for the Beis, the Shin, and the Gimel, the Reish, same owner. The Gimel, the Reish, and the Dalit, the Kuf, etc. So you take the letter, if you have an Aleph in the word that you're writing, and you can sometimes exchange it for a Tuf, to change the word or the meaning or the whatever the numerical value. Mo Hashem Alekecha the Mem and the Hey coincide. We could do the, the math actually. If Aleph is tough and Bez is Shin and Gimel is is Resh and Dalit is Kuf. Hey is Tzadik. Hey is Tzadik and the Mem is Yud. Yud is... Hey! Very good. And the Yud is Mem. So Mo would be exchanged with Yud and Tzadik. Which is a hundred. How does one reach to a level of Kedusha? with a hundred brachas a day. It's a very simple thing to do, by the way. It's a lot easier than you think. And mimach, from you, is also gematria 100. Mimach. Mimach. No, mimach. And in the pasuk of Vati Yisrael, there are 100 letters. So, Baltirum, Baltarum was very busy with this Pasuk. Fear of God. There's a small city near Lezhensk. It was a very wealthy family. Had a 15-year-old boy. And the 15-year-old boy heard about Tzadikim, Tamidichachamim, he decided he wants to become a Talmud Chacham. He knew that no matter how much money his parents have, he can't buy it. He can't just buy a diploma that says, I am a Talmud Chacham. So, but he, what you can buy is all the books that you need for it. And he had his parents buy every possible book that can be bought. And he told his parents, Das Vidanya, and he put himself, locked himself in his room, only to come out on Shabbos, and for whatever emergencies that he might need. <coughs> Otherwise, he sat diligently day and night, plowing through all the swadim that he had. In the beginning... They treated it as a fad. They're not right. 15 year old kid. He thinks it's groovy. Well, let him ride it. And then, after two, three, four months, people forgot how that he was sitting there. <coughs> and this went on for almost 20 years. He sat in solitary confinement studying every possible safer. At which point he decided it's wrong. What I am doing is wrong. There's missing missing here keeping score at home Gemara and Sanhedrin Sadik Tesam Ralph. But the Gemara says Anyone who learns Tata and doesn't teach it is disgracing the Tata. Disgracing the Word of God. So, in that case, it's time for me to give over what I have. What I've amassed. And he walked out of the house and he went to the marketplace and the people in the marketplace were very busy. 
They said that Abid, we really can't sit and listen to your pshetl. So he went to the people that were sitting and doing nothing, the Asher bottle, and he said, oh, you guys got nothing else to do, sit and listen to my Chidush Teda. And they told him, no can do. We wouldn't understand it, no matter how you tried it. So he went into the shul, and the people were learning Ayin Yaakov, little light shiurim. And he said, I want to tell you, Dvarteda, teach you something. He was so head and shoulders above, there was nothing to talk about. He went into the Bismedish. Here, people were sitting, game of learning. Much to his chagrin. They didn't come to his fingers, to his pinky. Why is this world existing? These people are ignoramuses. Even the Talmud Chachamim are ignoramuses. He says, they don't know how to learn. They don't know what to learn. They don't know what they're saying. He was devastated. Finally, he says, you know what? My shtetl. There's a shtetl. A derful. I'm going to go to the city, to Lezhensk. They don't find the rabbis, sages, and he comes to Lezhensk and he goes one place to another, and it's again the same history repeats itself. The, the, he just couldn't get a word in that anybody could understand him. And then word got to him that in Lezhensk there lives a tzaddik, the Belimelech Lezhensk. Belimelech Lezhensk's brother was Zusha Napoli. Belimelech Lezhensk is here in the town. Okay. He's a Rebbe. He does wonders. He does things. I'm sure that I, him I could match with. Him I can sit with. I can get get somewhere with him. Till he got around, though, to actually going to see Ebenezer Chazensk, it was a Shana Rabba by night. The last day of Sukkot. The night before Shemini Atzeres. Custom is on a Shanadaba. We say Tilim all night. We stay up all night long. We say Tilim and we say the Chumash Devarim. Elimelech of Lezhensk had a different meaning. The Tilim was said. But Elimelech of Lezhensk would take out the Sefer Teda and would read aloud the whole Chumash Devarim. And from, from time to time, stop and explain a Pasuk. Our genius walked into the shul that evening. The shul was bursting. There wasn't even standing room, never mind standing room only. There's hundreds of people there. But it was so quiet. You heard every word of Elimelech clearly. The voice, the pronunciation of the words transported this fellow to another world. He couldn't he couldn't put a finger on it but he couldn't move. There's no way he could leave here. He was just blown out of the water. And then Elimelech is really and he comes to Pash Ekev. And Pash Ekev and the Melech says, Ma Vata Yisrael, Ma Hashem Alekecha Shail Mimach. Kiyim the Yira Eisei. Now, Israel, what does God your Lord want from you? Only to fear God your Lord. And then the Melech stopped. He stopped. They knew he was going to explain it. He started to look around the Shulam. He was looking around and looking around and he started to moan. Oi! Oi! And this started to shake the crowd. 
kept repeating over and over <coughs> the words, Oi! People were starting to shake and tremble. They were on the verge of tears. Only to fear your God, says Elimelech. And again he's looking around and looking around. His voice was like thunder now. He says, Rabbis, friends, where do you think this fear is? People were falling off their feet. The fear is not rolling in the marketplaces. It's not rolling in the streets. It's not found in heaven. If you want the fear of God, you don't have to lock yourself in a room for 20 years and study Taylor by yourself and separate yourself from the world. Where, he screamed, where is the God, where is the fear of God found? People were fainting. People were bawling. Finally says, it's found in the heart of every Jew. People were just beyond themselves. Took a few minutes, and the people became started to compose, regain their composure. And the Rebbe concluded: Fear means awe and trembling. It should only be that you fear God as much as you fear people. <coughs> Look in your heart, and you'll find the fear of God. And then he continued reading Chumash Dvar. The confusion, the, the commotion, nobody noticed. And this fellow passed out. It was under a table. It was only when everybody left. They found him. They took him, they picked him up, they brought him to another room. Let him sleep it off. The next morning came. He's not waking up. So they ran to the Melech. They said, what should we do? Get a doctor? Get a... He's not waking up. The Melech said to his son, he called over his son, he said to him, Elazar, take my stick. Don't talk to anybody. Don't stop. Go directly from where you're standing in front of me to this man. Put my stick on his chest. Obviously, he followed instructions to the T. As soon as he put the stick on the man's chest, he jumped up. Hmm. He asked for a glass of water. Took a few hours till he really figured out what happened, what hit him. And he realized, as smart as he is, when it comes to spirituality, to richness of Kedusha, he's not even a, a, a minor leaguer. He was like a mess, a massive palace with no foundation. Finally, he went into Elimelech and he started to cry in front of him and to beg for help. And the mother told him, only you can help yourself. I can't help you. It's all up to you. You're a scholar and a genius. You lack nothing. And that's exactly what your fault is. You lack awareness that you are nothing. You need to find humility in yourself and hence find the fear of God. And this set this man straight many times we've said this very touching word from the Chida Pasuk tells us in this week's parasha Vayancho Vayarivecho Vayachilcha Samon tortured you, starved you and I gave you to eat the man and the Chida Kodesh says from here we learn a Medish Pliya there's a Medish Pliya 
that says that from here we learn Nedesh Shabbos Kedesh. Shabbos Bo Shabbos Bo Manucha V'Kharasa La Shabbos Einig Shabbos you need to have Tainug Einig Shabbos How do you have Einig Shabbos? Sitting and learning Taina Some people think sleeping is the Einig Shabbos It's a Shina B'Shabbos Tainug That's Rosh Teva Shabbos but it's really Shana, B'Shabbos Tainik, which means studying Tera, B'Shabbos is a Tainik. But regardless of that, on Shabbos, we partake of foods that normally, ordinarily, the whole week doesn't have any taste. I mean, many people in different parts of Brooklyn today will argue with me, but Shalant on a Tuesday... Is not challenged on Shabbos afternoon. Shabbos afternoon, after the the fish, the ayim itzvibel, egg and onions, sit down to a good challenge with kishke. No. Aye, and we merited actually to mein elam haba because those people that used to smoke. The Rebbe on Shabbos used to fabreng in the winter till the end of Shabbos. One thirty, the fabreng had started. The fabreng went for four hours, three and a half hours. Uh-huh. Three hours, Rebbe. So it went till about four, four thirty. Four thirty, quarter to five. It was already time for Mincha, late for Mincha. And they would have a Mincha, and then they would have a Mairev. So there's no time for Siddur Shabbos. These people would come home and from Lav Malka eat their chont with a cigarette. Hi. This pleasure. I gotta tell you, I'll never know. Anyway. Enik Shabbos is the food that we eat on Shabbos. Some people like the matzah ball and the soup, and some people like the potato kugel, the luxury kugel, the, the whatever kugels they make. Some people like the jachnun, and some people like the, the hamin, and whatever it might be. Al tam v'reach, endless pakeach. Taste. Huh? You sit on the couch, it's fall asleep, wake you up after the show. Reason for the chair is to keep you awake. Enik Shabbos is the foods that we eat. However, from Vayanach Vayirivach Vayichichas Aman, we learn a very interesting point. The man tasted like Ketzapichas Bedvash. Anything you wanted it to taste like, it tasted like. You wanted to think you're eating a rib steak, you ate a rib steak. You ate, ate the man, but you felt like you're eating rib steak. Or you tasted rib steak. You tasted whatever, whatever it might be, you tasted it. Unfortunately, though, you didn't eat the mo with a knife and a fork. Especially not a steak knife. So even though you wanted the taste of rib steak, and you might have gotten it, you didn't feel. You weren't chewing on that rib steak. You didn't see that succulent rib steak in front of you, sizzling. Today you go to restaurants... The mouth-watering steak, the 16-ounce steak, come on, let's slow with the thick steak fries, and they put it on a plate that keeps it hot for every till the last bite. Namish! Ah! What more can you ask for? Even licking off the bone, it's hot. Steak? Shouldn't be. So, you need to sit and enjoy it. But they had the man, and they sustained on the man. They lived on the man. They gained weight even if they had to, but the bottom line, they didn't see the food. It was torture. Shabbos, Nader Shabbos Kedish lights up your table. In the old days, you didn't have chandeliers and all these different lights. So for Nader Shabbos Kedish, 
was what lit up your table, was what let you see your food, was what gave you the unique shot. So therefore we learn from here, we learn the concept of Nei Shabbos Kedish. When Meisha is accounting now in Chumash Devarim, as we said, in the beginning of Chumash Devarim, recounting to the Jews all they went through. He talks to them about the Monday ate for 40 years. The Monday is mentioned twice in this week's parasha. And both times, Mesha mentions them as an agonizing way. To torture you and to test you. And the Jews actually complained about the mon. We cursed anymore for this. And they say, We're sick of it already. Every day, three times a day, mon. Come on. Even green peas are not that good. And therefore, B'nai Yisrael came forth with these problems. So this shocks us in that case. The Tater tells us that Mon, as we said before, was, was delicious. Time it's a pichas bidvash. It tasted anything he wanted. And if you keep his score at home, the Gemara in Yuma in Hay, 75, on the bottom of the one, uh, side one, the top of side two, discusses, and it tells us, Mesifin and explains, the Mon was, was godly food. Lechem and Hashemayim. You were able to get any taste you wanted from this. It had no pits, had no bones. It was amazing. <coughs> what were they so tortured about with this man? So that very same Gemara, but a little earlier in Dafali, Ayindalit and Menalaf and Bez, we keeping score at home, tells us this greatness of the man, the fact that the man satisfied their hunger, sated their hunger. Lechem min You need to take this in. No pits, no bones. Taste whatever you want, like. They wanted a piece of bread! Give me a good roll, give me a good Subway sandwich. They wanted to taste and look and see the food. They wanted things out of the boundaries. When a person eats a piece of bread, he eats a piece of bread with its calories, with its wheat, with its whole wheat, or with its spelt, or with whatever it is, all the ingredients, or if it's or if it's nechemia um, bread, or whatever they call it, Ezekiel bread. With its taste and with its seeds and with its poppy seeds and with its whatever is in there, and you get feed, you get full from this. By mon, because it was so special and so holy, and the tastes knew no end, no boundaries. You ended up. You needed something. You needed something that's gonna. Pick your teeth that you can get. <laughs> so where did this come off? Why were they not satisfied with Lechem Mina Shamayim? This is the Yetzirah. <coughs> Purely from the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah starts with small things. And he eventually rolls the person to severe, more and more severe things. And this is what happened to the Jews. They started complaining about the man. And then they started to cry, And again, the Gemara in the same place, if you keep going home in Yuma, it all talks about the same subject. 
הם בוכו על איסקי משפוכס, על הסורי הרויס החמורים. We're not going to translate all that. You can look it up, get an English Gemara, whatever one would like to use, Oscar Schottenstein, etc. I will not advertise for anybody. And learn through the complaints that evolved from this little complaining about the Mon. This is how the Yetzirah works. Every generation. Today as well. Comes forth and he says, Lechem in Hashemayim. And he tells the person, You don't want Lechem in Hashemayim. You want Lechem in Oretz. You want a good piece of cake. You want a good piece of bread. You want a good sandwich. He's to his own. Lechem, bread, and mazin <coughs> are a muscle to Divri Chachman and Seichel. Just like Lechem feeds the, bre- the body, the same way Chachma feeds the mind and becomes one with the Seichel. And there's two types of Chachma. There's Chachma that's like Lechem in Aretz, and there's Chachma like Lechem in Hashemayim. The Seichel Anushi, the human Understand, the human brain encompasses all this. Whatever the brain could, ex- could accept, both the Lechem and the Aretz, the godly understanding, which is Teda, and Chachmas Hashem, which is Lechem and Hashemayim. What's Chachmas and Hashemayim? There's Chachma Anushis, the plain human Chachma. Chachma Schulen. It's limited though. It's all in Seichel only. It has within it boundaries, math, sciences, and everything. Yes, you can go, you can expound and expound and expound, but ultimately, it ends. You can add on this also the psalas, all chachmas, things that are not exact, they're not poignant. On the other hand, as we said before, these chachmas sometimes, by a person being a genius, sometimes raises their hearts to different levels that they don't belong in. The person becomes a Balgaiva. And the person tends to push out the fear of God because he says, It's me. I understand everything and know everything. However, when it comes to the godly Chachma, Chachma Satera, there's no boundary. You have everything. Also Chachma, also Musr and Midas, Midas Tevis and, and daily lessons of life and how to lead a life, etc., etc. And this brings you to blessings and brings you to every spirit, every physical blessing you can ask for. <coughs> and it comes to all, all, all ultimate truths. And there's no pits or bones or anything to come about it. And therefore you cannot stray when it comes to learning of Teda. And you always feel hungry. When you study Taylor, there's always a thirst. I can't get enough. I don't find ultimate. So the person ultimately looks back and says, I'm not finished. I'm not a complete Kaylee. I don't know it all. I have so much to learn and there's so much more to go. He can't ever reach to a level of gaiva. He can't become hori. Adrab. Yezif das, Yezif machev. Kehelis. The more the person knows, the more painful it gets for him to know how much he's missing. Simple words. It's possible to find Teda in the person 
in the two ways of eating the lechem and aretz, which is the nigla of teda, and the lechem and the shemayim, which is pnimiyas of teda, teres Finding our ways in ruchnius, in spirituality, in connection with God, and therefore by learning nigla of teda, person immediately gets his satisfaction. But when it comes to pnimiyas teda. The more the person delves into chsidis, into a maima, the more he sees he doesn't understand. And the more he sees that it's only a drop in the ocean. And how much deeper there is when it comes to primius atera, to divri kabola, divri chsidis. And then he can taste kala taimim shiba'ilam. And therefore this becomes a true mazin, a true food, a true nourishment for the spiritual nishama which is within each and every one of us, and by each and every one of us achieving this level and this goal, we come on to the completion of what the goal is all about, and we are Zecha to the Geul Amitus Hashlema, the very Shabbos, we should be able to hear the words of the Hayyakir Tishmun in Yerushalayim and Akedesh with Mashiach Shabbat Shalom to all.